0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Christian Skeptic. I'm your host, Sean Kerwin, and as always, it's my mission to take an honest look at our questions about Christianity through the lens of logic and reason. I'm not here to preach at you, just to start a conversation with you. I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to The Christian Skeptic. This episode is our maiden voyage episode. This is the foundational episode for the show, and so with that, I'd like to lay out a few ground rules. Like I say in the intro, I am not here to preach at you, but I'm here to start a conversation. I'm here to start a conversation about questions that many of us find ourselves asking as we try to navigate the sometimes murky waters of what we call a Christian life. Or there's another spectrum that maybe some of us are not Christians. Uh, Some of you listening might not call yourself a Christian. Maybe you were raised in a Christian home and you've had a bad experience and it's left a bad taste in your mouth. Or maybe you weren't raised in a Christian home and you're starting to look into these things, these spiritual and religious things, and you have questions. And, well, let's just be honest. When we ask hard questions, oftentimes... We don't get answers from those that we think we should, and, and that's okay. There's an aspect of faith that people live by um, where they trust in things that are unseen, and they trust in things that are unexperienced, but not all of us are, we'll say, gifted to do such. Some of us are skeptical by nature. And so that's the only thing that I'm really going to start off by telling you. I'm not going to tell you my story or my testimony. If you really want to know that, feel free to send me an email. Uh, My email is christianskepticshow at gmail.com. Like I said, feel free to email me. We can start a conversation. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for you, uh, my listeners. Uh, I hope maybe if you're not as faithful to Christianity that you will be faithful listeners to my show. That's a joke. I'm kidding. Please don't get offended and please don't email me that that was an offensive thing to say. That was a joke. Uh, feel free to laugh. You have my permission. But so I want to start off with this foundational show by starting off with the very simple, very basic question. Can Christians be skeptics? It's a fair question to ask when you're starting a podcast called The Christian Skeptic. And it's even something that in, in some parts of Uh, Of this country. So I'm an American. I'm coming from the United States of America, but in some parts of the world as well Skepticism when it comes to religious beliefs is sometimes seen as a bad thing And so what do we talk about when we talk about skepticism? Well, I'd like to kind of have as a framework the skepticism of David Hume the philosopher And with that, I think we need to set aside another ground rule that this show is not a philosophical show. This show is not a Bible study show. Uh, This show, if anything, borders more on an apologetics type-ish show. Uh, So if if you're looking for kind of a clear-cut definition as to what this is, I don't really have one for you other than we're just going to ask questions and see what conclusions we can come to using philosophy, the Bible, and apologetics. So, with that being said, can Christians be skeptics? Well, let's talk about what skepticism is, and like I said, I'd like to turn to my friend David Hume. Well, I guess he's not actually my friend, but I've read enough of his philosophy that I would like to think that if he were around today, I could get a cup of coffee with him every now and then. Uh, But either way, let's turn to David Hume and see how he defines skepticism. So David Hume said, in our reasonings concerning matter of fact, there are all imaginable degrees of assurance from the highest certainty to the lowest species of moral evidence. A wise man, therefore, proportions his belief to the evidence. So what David Hume is saying, essentially, is that skepticism is a kind of doubt both to... An authority, and to the self, um, to flaws in an argument and those flaws being those portions of the argument that lack evidence. And so with that, I am taking as a definition of skepticism just that, a doubt, a question. It's this characteristic or this trait that when something is presented to you, You don't simply take that thing as fact. You want to know that it's fact before you adopt it as fact for yourself. And this, I would argue, is a biblical principle. And I would argue that uh, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, I will show a couple examples that perhaps help you to see why uh, I think this is true. And, um, you know, if, if you agree with me, great, then we're on the same page. Uh, if you disagree with me, or if you're even skeptical as to what I'm saying, then great, we're even more on the same page. Please be skeptical of everything I say. Uh, and that, again, is a biblical principle. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, actually once said that. He said, test everything I say uh, against the Scripture. And so what we find in the Old Testament is a God who is prescribing laws. He is giving rules and regulations to people, to all people. Uh, That's how the Old Testament starts off. It starts off with the first five books of Moses, which are commonly referred to as the Torah, which is the, the law. It's the Jewish law. And so we have God laying out principles for living. And in these principles, when he lays them out, the children of Israel are seen in the Old Testament as either obeying or disobeying these laws. In seasons where they obey these laws, they prosper. And in seasons where they disobey, they do not prosper. And so we see kind of a common theme of cause and effect here, but that doesn't answer our skepticism. Uh, and, and that doesn't uh, necessarily tell us that we can or cannot be skeptics. And so we needed to dig deeper into that. In one such instance where the children of Israel were disobeying the things that God had said, God sent a prophet by the name of Isaiah to the children of Israel And Isaiah, in the first uh, chapter of his book, in chapter 1, verse 18, he records God saying to the children of Israel, Come, let us reason together. Uh, And then the verse continues, Though your sins are as red as crimson, they shall be white as snow. And this is kind of the first instance uh, that really stands out in my mind of God inviting us to reason. We see this so much more in the New Testament, where the, in, in the New Testament, uh, God is proposed to himself set foot on the earth as the person of Jesus, the Christ. And Jesus is confronted very often in the four gospel accounts by those that are of a religious background and those that are not of a religious background. So we're talking about Pharisees, scribes, the religious Jews, and then we're talking about Gentiles. And often is the case in the New Testament, people will approach Jesus and they will inquire to know who he is, what he's about. And you would think if you are God stepping into this earth, you could whip out some sort of miracle in front of them or, you know, hey, go go go, grab some water from the Jordan River over there. Poof, it's wine. Isn't that amazing? I am God. Ha ha ha. Uh, but that's not what Jesus does. Jesus says In the Greek, erkoi komai. Uh, And I apologize for that horrible pronunciation of the Greek. Please forgive me of that and don't send an email. Uh, But what he is saying is, come and see. And it's an invitation then to test this Jesus, to ask the questions, to see the evidence. And so to answer this question, spoiler alert, uh, as we're going to get into even more, is can you be a Christian and be a skeptic? The answer is yes. Uh, But even more than that, the answer is yes, you should. You should be a Christian and be a skeptic. And I'm going to take this as the foundation for the entire show. Um, Because this is an introductory episode, I will kind of give you a preview of coming attractions. I plan to hit some tough topics. And if I don't hit a topic that you're interested in, please email the show. Please email me with a question that I can uh, maybe dig into in this podcast, a little bit more. Like I said, I want to start a conversation. So, so, conversate back with me. Uh, s- send me an email uh, with your question, and if if I can answer it through email in a conversation with you, I will. Uh, if I if it's a good enough question that I think enough people are asking that I can turn it into an episode, I will absolutely do that. I will. I will love to tear it apart from a historical, philosophical, and biblical point of view and try to give you the best answer I can with my due diligence, but that lays the groundwork for the show. So I want to talk about issues like homosexuality in the church. I want to talk about issues um, like, is the church even still relevant anymore? Because something that David Hume gets into is this idea of the is and the oughts, right? So. You have to remember the time that David Hume was living in. Uh, science and scientific discovery was, for the first time in all of history, making headway. And, 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 and we were seeing that science, as we now know, can explain so much of what is. And, but it can't explain what ought to be, right? So the oughts of what is are the should and should nots is it wrong to lie? Is it wrong to steal? Is it wrong to cheat? Is it wrong to sleep with your neighbor's wife? Is it, is it wrong to, uh, to worship uh, a god? Which god is it wrong to worship? Which god is it right to worship? Science can't answer these things. And that's the beauty of science. I myself am an engineer. I love science. Um, science is so helpful for explaining what is. And since David Humes day we, we have gotten so much more advanced at explaining what is we we know what is inside the human body we, we know what makes the human body work we've learned very very uh, vast and amazing things about all of our organs and, and everything that works within us we've learned so much of what is in nature we've learned so much about plants and animals and insects and 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 birds and and, and sea creatures and and how how the universe works you know we've we've learned that uh, that that the, that the earth Earth orbits around the sun and and, and that there are are multiple planets all throughout this universe and and, and hundreds and and millions of stars and that there's, there's galaxies all over and that we've learned a lot of what is, but nothing in that can tell us what ought. However, that does not stop things from telling us what ought to be, what we ought to do, what we ought to say, how we ought to act, what we ought to think, right? There's a lot of oughts out there. And so David Hume, who, uh, if, if you know history, he attended church every single weekend. He was not a a professed Christian. He was not someone who professed to believe in God. And yet he attended church. And I look up and admire uh, David Hume for that reason, because he confronted his skepticism head on. And I think that's what made David Hume the great thinker that he was, that you know, even to our day... Um, People like Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchin will go back and quote David Hume. Uh, Why? To prove a point? Maybe. But because he's a great thinker, and any great thinker will appreciate another great thinker right? Uh, and, and yes, I did just call Christopher Hitchens a great thinker. I do think he's a great thinker. Uh, w- one, of, one of my favorite thinkers of our day is the late Stephen uh, Jay Gould, uh, also an atheist, uh, because I love someone who thinks. And I would imagine the fact that you're listening to this podcast means that you probably do as well. And uh, I hope to be someone who thinks to you as well. I hope to be someone who, though I have a bias, because we all have a bias, um, communicates thought to you, in a way as clearly as possible. It is my goal throughout this podcast to be as objective with thought as possible, though I will bring in some subjectivity to it. So I am a Christian, as you were aware, the show is called The Christian Skeptic, um, not The Atheist Skeptic. I don't have anything against you if you're an atheist. Plenty of my friends are atheists. Uh, I love atheists, I love Christians. I I, I love uh, all kinds of people, as long as you're willing to think. Now, I will still love you if you don't think. Um, I will marvel at you. Like like I said, there, there is in Christianity a, a teaching that there is a gift of faith, right? that, that there is a, a gift somehow that, that God bestows where people are able to accept uh, faith, accept the things of God, uh, without having this skeptical internal battle that so many of us have, and and in a way, I'm I'm jealous of that. I I don't, I don't know if I necessarily have that that gift. I feel like I have the gift of skepticism, though that gift is not mentioned in one of the spiritual gifts in the Bible. Uh, it, it is a good thing to have. It's something that there is room for in the Bible. It's something that we see that that Jesus, that that God, that Paul, that that the gospel writers, that the prophets invite, they invite skeptics into uh, this discussion of God, this discussion of faith, this, this discussion of what it means to follow. In, in, in the book of Malachi, uh, God is, is talking uh, through the, the prophet to the people of Israel because the people of Israel at, at that point had turned their backs uh, on God as a provider and as someone who blesses. And they were worshiping God, but then they were also worshiping uh, the idols of their day that would bring, uh, f- uh, that, that would bring fertility and, and would bring blessing on the land. And God says, test me. He says, I- I'm inviting you to test. I'm inviting you to question and look at the evidence. He says, come worship me, give to my storehouses and see that I won't open up the storehouses of heaven to you. So throughout the Bible, we see an invitation to the skeptic, an invitation to someone who wants evidence. One of the most famous examples is that of the disciple, later turned apostle. Uh, Disciple, it means like a a student. Apostle means sent out one, right? Uh, Disciple Thomas, right? Jesus dies on the cross, raises from the dead, and Thomas says, I will not believe unless I can put my hands in Jesus' wounds. And so what happens? Jesus shows up and gives him the evidence. Now, am I saying in some delusional uh, state that if you just pray to Jesus, let me put my finger in your wounds, that he's going to show up? No, I am not saying that. What I am saying is that God always provides the evidence. And I believe that in our day and age, we have enough evidence to make a conclusion to whether or not we should believe the Bible and trust what it says. Uh, I don't think we have enough evidence to prove That the Bible is true. Let me say that again. I do not believe there is enough evidence to prove the Bible is true. And I do not believe there is enough evidence to prove that God exists. Uh, Please don't turn me off right now if you're offended because I also don't believe there's enough evidence to prove the Bible is not true. And I also don't believe there's enough evidence to prove that God does not exist. And so let me kind of define what I'm saying here. Proof. Proof is the undeniable Uh, I can point to something to show you a truth, right? Can I prove that 2 plus 2 equals 4? Yes. Can I prove that gravity works? Yes. right. These are things in science that show what is, but we're dealing with the realm of what ought. We are dealing with the realm of a god saying what you ought to do and ought not to do. And so the the, the first kind of skeptical leap we need to take here is to accept the fact that I can neither prove God exists or prove God does not exist. I can neither prove the Bible is the infallible word of God, and I can neither prove that it is not the infallible word of God. Um, And so I want to look at objections like that. I want to look at questions like, well, isn't the Bible full of contradictions? Uh, There are some contradictions in the Bible. And we're going to get to that in the show, not today, but at a later episode. Um, so I want to start the conversation on these things. I want to start the conversations on these things that many of us feel let down by church. And I want to start the conversation on, on church as well. I want to ask questions of, is church necessary? Um, why does church ask for, for tithing and offering? Is, is the church just a, a front for a business? You know, I, I think we see a lot of corrupt churches in our day and age around the world. Who? Let's just be let's just be honest. Um, there's sexual abuse that goes on in the church. There is financial abuse that goes on in the church. There is uh, there are are emotional and even physical abuses that happen in the church. Is the church still relevant for our day and age? Can we trust the church? What is the purpose of the church? Right. I, I want to get into these questions uh, in in later episodes, but they're good questions to ask. Is my point right now? It is a good thing to be a skeptic. So, if you've ever been invalidated by a church or by a Christian who probably meant well, I want to point that out. I want to point out that when someone invalidated your objections or said, Well, I don't have an answer for that, you just have to have faith, they probably meant really well. They probably hoped for the best for you. And on their behalf, as someone who is a Christian, who was at one point a pastor, and that's something else you guys might be interested to learn about me, is that for three years, I served as an assistant pastor at a megachurch here in my local town. I learned a lot from that. Um, I I will be honest about any of that, too. If if you ever email in with questions, and as things come up in the show, I will be totally open and totally honest about all of my experiences. They're both good and bad. But I want to start off by apologizing. As someone who still claims to be a part of the church. I want to apologize on behalf of the church to you. If someone ever invalidated your skepticism, that was wrong of them. So I would apologize on their behalf, and I would also ask that you forgive them. I would ask that you forgive them and keep in mind that they probably had good intentions. They probably had a good heart behind it, a heart that didn't want to push you further away from Christianity, though it may have pushed you away further from Christianity. I've had this experience myself too. So I'm speaking as someone who has had this experience of objections that were not answered. Right? Of someone just saying, well, you just have to believe harder or you just have to pray harder and me walking away frustrated and saying, no, but I have a real question and it wasn't answered. I hope this podcast serves as a a means to answer your question because I am you. I am the Christian skeptic. I am the skeptic. I'm with you on this fight uh, for knowledge, this thirst and 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 this hunger to know what really is true out there. Can we trust uh, Christianity? Can we trust the Bible? I'm with you on this. Let's, let's sit down. Uh, over the course of, of a year, over the next few years, I, I hope that this podcast can continue on for years to come. But let's sit down and have a conversation. And if you still don't feel satisfied, then feel free to let me know. But thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed the show.